and boom goes the dynamite. Boom goes the dynamite, 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 boom goes the dynamite, dynamite, boom. And boom goes the And welcome to a special bumper-sized episode, episode 110 of Boom Goes the Dynamite, the AEW Dynamite Review Show here on the PWM Podcast Network. I'm Jeffrey. With me tonight is Paul Sebastian. Paul, how are you doing, my friend? Tonight, yes. At night is when this is happening. Good evening, Jeff. <laughs> we, are, we are here. We're live. It's a smoking hot, freezing cold takes edition of the uh uh revolution uh boom goes the dynamite edition uh yeah yeah feeling pretty good man we're totally not recording this in separate segments so uh, no definitely not and uh it won't sound like that it'll be a seamless transition and no one will even know no one will know indeed so uh so paul uh yes we are here in, in this first part at least to talk about AEW Revolution, the pay-per-view event that happened on Saturday, not, uh, excuse me, on Sunday, not Saturday as, as Jesus intended it, but. So yeah, we, we had thought that uh, they were going to do Saturdays on these regular weekends and Sundays on the Memorial and Labor Day weekends. And that seemed to be what AEW sort of strategy was, but then they've decided recently, no, we're just going to run Sundays on these weekends too, which. I don't necessarily agree with. That. I like the Saturday shows when it's not a holiday weekend. Yeah, myself. exactly. Because that way we have a day to recover and, you know, we can do an actual episode based on this. But yeah, now- and I like Saturday night fights. I think it's just it's it's good stuff. I think they probably didn't want to compete with UFC. They know they have a lot of crossover audience. So I get that there was a UFC pay-per-view that night. And they maybe, probably just didn't want to run counter to it. Maybe they just need to quit scheduling against UFC pay-per-view. <laughs> <laughs> that right. Might I mean, be, uh... pick a different pick a different weekend since it's not Memorial or Labor Day weekend. You can probably pick a different weekend. I think it was cool that it was my birthday weekend, so I respect that. The pay per view would have been on my birthday, where it on Saturday. Well, happy, Saturday happy belated birthday was my birthday. Paul. Happy belated. Yeah, birthday. it was great. I, uh, I I had a really nice dinner and uh, did not watch UFC because Colby Covington was in the main event, and I just have no interest. Uh, well, that means something to somebody because I, I don't really follow UFC anymore. So I, yep. I, don't, I don't know. So, uh, but I, we're it, not here for UFC, Jeff. We are here to talk pay-per-view. Uh, everybody's already had a few days to process it. So we should probably get into it because we're already late to the party. We, we, we kind of are, but you know what? We, we, we like to percolate our, 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 uh, our thoughts sometimes. Yes. You know? We like to percolate our thoughts in the podcast that we normally record directly after the event <laughs> that right. we talk about. Ends. <laughs> That's right. So uh, I did not get to see any of the the buy-in. So Paul, I'm gonna. Okay, let I guess you, we're skipping the buy-in. Well, or or you could just uh, take it away real quick on uh, uh, what happened on the buy-in. 
It was good. All three matches, I think, are worth revisiting, um, especially Layla Hirsch and Chris Statlander. Uh, I went three for three on my predictions for that match, including Layla Hirsch beating Stat. So uh, watch out for that. More on that because uh, that ties into uh, something that happens on Revolution and an announcement for afterwards. So, yeah, pretty good. Not you Actually, say- not pretty good. I would say it's probably the best buy-in show they've done for any of their pay-per-views. It was that- probably the best, like, full show now you say three for three but they added a match that was not announced when we last spoke so the yeah but i it was but it, i mean i was picking hook obviously so. well right that that was one of the ones that they picked they didn't announce the house of black versus oh yeah yeah but i picked house of black i did with my predictions are up on twitter yeah so but you know so i was right about it yeah, so you know, uh, I, I had uh, it was nice to go three for three because I had a pretty bad night prediction wise uh, on the main card. So oh I'll take yeah, I, I can't wait to rub one one in particular in. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm glad you didn't say rub one out, Jeff. Well, or am I? Well, you know that maybe. I mean, what maybe, is a wrestling podcast? After, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what is a wrestling podcast if not just jacking your takes off all over the radio waves? You know what I'm saying? Ooh. Buddy, all that's right. where I mean we're just like blasting our rope takes all over the place. Good all right, Lord we need to move Almighty. on. Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> woo! It's the middle of the afternoon. Let's go. No, it's not. Remember, no, we're recording this totally at night. We're not totally. Never mind. It's at night. This. It's dark out right now. Woo! <laughs> I just want to point out that while we're on the Zoom call, Paul's uh, background is a cornfield. <laughs> Corn. Is throwing me off a little bit here. He, he, Jeff is afraid of one of the most important cash crops in America. Corn okay. is everywhere, Cocaine, Jeff. Do you yes. know how much? <laughs> do you know how much things that corn is in? Corn is in on or around everything. If you look around you, corn had something to do with almost everything in your environment. You're drinking a Gatorade right now that is made mostly from corn syrup. Shh. That you are drinking corn right now. Uh, Everything is corn. Uh, no, there is no corn syrup in this because I have the zero sugar one. <laughs> there is some sort of product that was made from corn in there. I would guarantee it. Corn's in everything, Jeff. All right, we have to move on. But speaking seriously, of, speaking of folks, corny, Chris Jericho versus Eddie Kingston. <laughs> <laughs> but like seriously, folks, like look up cor- how much corn is in all the shit that's around you. It'll blow your mind. Uh, speaking of corny, Chris Jericho versus Eddie Kingston opens up the main show. There was corn in this match there... <laughs> in the form of Chris Jericho. Now, you know what? We're going to we can't even bash Chris Jericho before no, we, we talk can't. about this match. It's time. It's time to be fair about Chris Jericho. I know the uh, purveying take was turning back the clock, but for real, man, what else can you say? He got in great shape. I know Fozzie's going on tour soon, so that has a lot to do with it. But it's also awesome that he showed up this hard for an Eddie Kingston match. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they just kind of clubbed the shit out of each other. It was very physical, and it told that kind of uh, uh, story of just like, you know what it reminded me of is like two guys who have known each other for a really long time but have never particularly liked each other who are always around like the same like parties and bars and stuff like that. And finally, one day, they just have a couple and like, ah, fuck it. Let's have it out. And they like slap box outside of the bonfire or something. And they just like <laughs> finally just decide to like start like, you know what? I'm going to prove I'm better than you, fuck face. Like that's what it kind of reminded me of. Like it really was like your like your two like toughest uncles, like finally deciding to, to figure it out. Is that uh, is that how it's going to be when we finally meet up on uh, on the 19th at that AAW show? We're just going to finally have it out. 
Oh, bro, you're going straight through a table. I'm going oh. to ruin so many. I'm going to ruin more chairs than Sammy Callahan at that fucking place. I'm going to get my security guard friends to pull a gun on me. <laughs> is is, that, your, is that your goal in life? <laughs> Is that your I goal? mean, I know that I, I know that security guard that uh, had that little issue with Sammy Callahan. He's a friend of mine. So. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> oh oh boy! Real good. Uh, we used to work at a bank together. As predicted, Chris Jericho did business. Eddie Kingston gets the win over Chris Jericho. This was with a, a submission. It was, it was what a fantastic match. Yeah, this yeah. was a like a good match. And you know what? Super maybe, hot start. And maybe that's the what crowd was on fire. And maybe that's what Kingston needs to do is that he just needs to go to the hurricane and then lay in the submission hold. You know, I think that's and maybe that, what the, we're seeing. Like, the, hey, the, 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 the sequence plum, that you, you know? used to to beat Chris Jericho is probably something you're going to go back to, right? Like, think about it. If he had done that for Miro, if he used the hurricane and then a stretch plum on Miro, yeah, especially with Miro's, you know, uh, documented neck issues, yeah. See, yeah, I mean, that's it, something he's not going to forget. But, you so know, we're that, gonna, that, that could be a growth thing for, for Eddie Kingston, you know, just the and, and from something that we're going to see multiple times in this pay-per-view uh, good developments post-match uh, Kingston follows through on his promise. He offers Chris Jericho his hands says, I respect you. Shake my hand. Chris Jericho takes a beat and then refuses, rolls out of the ring and uh, and punks out. Bitch. No handshake. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm guessing that Santana and Ortiz are going to have thoughts about that uh, on Dynamite. So, uh, After we'll, they said that they were cool, too. I mean, yeah. yeah we'll, so. we'll, we'll definitely get back to that. Yes, we will. Uh, our next matchup, our first title match of the evening as uh, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus Jurassic Express versus Executive Vice Presidents Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks versus... Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, Red Dragon for the AEW World Tag Team Championship. What did you think of this? I thought this match over-delivered. Uh, and I think that was the theme of a lot of matches that we were, like, sort of hyped on. But, like, you know, we came into this one saying that, you know, this isn't, like, our favorite angle in AEW right now. Uh, we haven't been super hot on Jurassic Express as tag team champions. But... These are all reliable guys who know each other. So, you know, I expected at least the match to, to have some elements, at least be like a, I thought its floor was like a good TV match, right? But it turned out to be a good pay-per-view match. Uh, it was a PWG match. It, it kind of really? was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it kind of was. Um, you know, I just, I think you're right. I think this would have been better as a TV match. And let's face it, the, the whole story here, of course, was the Young Bucks versus Red Dragon more than anything. Yeah, but... But uh, I thought Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus both looked great in this match. Like, Jungle Boy got a lot of really good work in. Uh, that Escalera um, Doomsday device, oh, spectacular. That, I think this is the best Luchasaurus has looked in the ring in a long time. Like, I thought he had his best match in a while. Yeah. No, 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 no. I thought, yeah, Luchasaurus did. I mean, he was the hot tag, and he did. Yeah. Oh, and Jungle Boy's... Um, Frankensteiner to bridging German suplex on both young bucks. Oh God, that Beautiful was, well. that was insanity. Yeah. That, that, that was, uh, that was some insanity. Yeah, no, so this match went, this was, I think the story of it, I know a lot of people were talking about Bobby Fish's uh, propensity to uh, talk during the match. Oh God. Yeah. I including myself. Cause I heard from I, him quite a bit. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I made a note that I said, Bobby Fish misses calling is Jimmy Hart. <laughs> yeah. He was chirping. He was chirping quite a bit. Uh, this is a match I expected Red Dragon to win. Both of us didn't expect Jurassic Express to retain, uh, but they do. I did. Oh, I you did, didn't you? I did. I did. 
Oh, yeah. No shit. Okay. Uh, Jurassic Express wins. Yes, he did. I and... still don't expect him to keep the belts by much longer. I'm surprised, and I, I don't know how long this run's going to last, but this match did give their run a little boost, and I didn't expect it to. Yeah, and it, like, again, like I said, uh, it'd be mostly this was just the story of the Bucks and Red Dragon, and uh, Adam Cole's going to be so conflicted. So yeah. Conflicted. Also, uh, we didn't talk about this, but on the buy-in, Don Callis did show up and kind of teased Kenny Omega's looming return. So uh, something to oh, keep I an eye on here. I did hear about here. that, but I, I didn't know uh, any of the details. So it was just Callis who showed up. Then. Just Callis by himself. Uh, cut a very Heyman-esque promo is how I would regard it. I thought it was quite good. Uh, but yeah. Like the, the, you know, WWE Heyman or ECW Heyman? WWE Heyman, but WWE Heyman is fine. He's great. He's still great. I just watched rewatched that uh 2014 raw after mania promo after Brock broke the streak. And uh, man, Paul was really firing on all cylinders on that one. It's brilliant. Uh, if, uh, you want to go back and watch some good New York, dear listener, uh, Paul Heyman night after mania, 2014. Fair enough. Uh, our next matchup, uh, the face of the revolution ladder match, Keith Lee versus orange Cassidy versus powerhouse Hobbs versus versus Starks. Versus versus Wardlow versus Christian versus. Cage. I versus. thought that there oh. was supposed to be a seventh mystery person in this match. It felt like they sort of left the door open for it if they had any last minute changes, but then we're just like, nah, fuck it, let's keep six. It was like one of those things where they kind of played it fast and loose. Like Tony Khan did that little thing where he claimed that he had offered a seventh spot to Scorpio Sky, but then the negotiations turned to uh Scorpio Sky getting a title shot plus Paige Van Zant signing a contract, right? And then they didn't back down from the seventh person. They just kind of left it silent in case it was going to happen, maybe. But then they were just like, ah, fuck, it's fine. Yeah. That's what it felt like to me. Yeah. And again, I mean, Eric Redbeard did show up uh, unexpectedly during the buy-in. So yes. Guess, well, yeah, that's something we didn't get a chance to talk about either, but it was fun. Yeah. Well, as, as I never saw the match. Well, so. they announced it on Rampage uh, that Eric Radby was going to be in that oh, match. Okay. Right? Oh, okay. So that match got announced. Okay. See, like I, I haven't watched Rampage in like seven weeks now. Yeah, that's what happened. That, so that was the that was the live Rampage, and uh, uh, they announced that via promo on that night. Oh. Okay then. Uh overall, this was a ladder match. And so I know you're not the hottest ladder match guy. I thought this was an especially good ladder match uh, for everybody. Like one of the the goals of a match like this, that you literally calling face of the revolution, right? Like this is a match set up to build a future star. And that's what I thought it did the best of. Like I thought the people that were featured the most were the ones that, that needed to be. And the people that were in support roles were in their support roles, especially big shout out to Christian cage who never really felt like a contender in this match, but was always like working very diligently to make everyone look good. Like he was really in there as like a ring general and you could kind of tell, and he did an awesome job. So a uh, huge kudos to Christian cage for sort of low key controlling the tempo of that match while never really being the guy to win it. Now I'm going to say this. So I'm going to give a shout out to orange Cassie because he had two oh, of yeah. the most innovative things I've seen in a ladder match in a while, which was a, Orange Cassidy trying to climb on top of people to get to the <laughs> the thing. And then number two, there was a sequence after he was like helicoptering the ladder and whacking people. And then you had, I think it was uh, Wardlow and I think Hobbs. Hobbs. Okay. And they lift the ladder up off of Orange Cassidy. And then he like skins the cat on top of the ladder. So the ladder is vertical, is horizontal and he's, he's straddling it, trying to grab the ring. Yeah. It was, that, that was, was really, really, brilliant. really cool. 
I thought that was fucking Yeah, brilliant. Orange Cassidy continues to be one of the most creative and innovative wrestlers on the planet. Uh, he truly, like, it's his creativity is almost underrated at this point, even though he's widely considered one of the most creative wrestlers. Like, that's how good he is at coming up with this stuff and then executing it in just really interesting and just really fun ways. Uh, yeah, this match really delivered for me. And, uh, you know, while it wasn't the winner I predicted, it was the right choice. Yeah, uh, Wardlow does get the win and uh, not only well-deserved, but uh, yeah, he's going to be play a big part in a match we're going to talk about here coming up. So. Wardlow's going to have a really, really big 2022. I, I, I think so. I think they, they just really just kind of blew that open, didn't they? And you know what? Good. It's it's fucking time, man. It's time. Push Wardlow. Let's go. Let's do it. Uh, our next matchup, the uh, TBS Championship, Jade Cargill defending against Ty Conti. Um, you know what? I like this match. It it was one of Jade Cargill's best outings, and of course, I like the you know her dressed as Jade from Mortal Kombat. <laughs> That's great. Uh, the, definitely the best cosplay of the night, and we'll get back to that later. Uh, shout out to Kingfish for uh, shredding on the guitar on Jade's entrance, doing the live guitar solo entrance. That was fucking awesome. Yes, that was that was uh, pretty nice. That was very very cool. I mean, uh, yeah, Jade's gear was great, and I expected this to be Jade's best match. I, I mean, this going into it with Ty Conti, I think this is the talent that's in the best position that she's faced so far to give her her best match. And, you know, you said it was one of her best matches. I'll take it a step farther. This was Jade Cargill's best match in AEW today. It, it was. That 29 wins. This was of the 29. This is one of 29 for me. Yeah, this was, yeah, no, this was a great match. And, and Ty Conti looked really good, too. Um, Absolutely. I, I think she, will, really good ring she will hold a, a, a title in AEW, hopefully soon. She's going to be a multi-time champion. Ty's still in her 20s, man. Like, we got a lot of time with her. Yeah, we do. Well, I mean, so so does Jade. I mean, let's face I, it. Yeah, and I think with Jade's 30 or 31. I mean, yeah, she's got plenty of time as well. Um, they had really good ring chemistry. One of the first times I felt that with Jade Cargill, like having really natural ring chemistry with one of her opponents. So I hope we get to see uh, more Jade and Ty mixing it up. Okay, we're going to have some thoughts about this match. Uh, the dog collar match between CM Punk versus <laughs> ah, MJF. I'm just going to say, first of all, I was right. You were wrong. Yeah, and I, you know what? I'm happy to be wrong because, I mean, outcome aside, and regardless, I mean, obviously the outcome was the right outcome when we'll get to that. Um, spoilers for how I feel about this match. This is my match of the year. This is it. I was most hyped about this match going into the card. This is the best match of 2022 uh, in my eyes. Mark it down. I mean, it, when, when it started out with first the fake intro uh, by MJF, and then, you know, we get the, you know, the the, the old ROH, you know, Miseria Cantare uh, by AFI entrance, and Punk wearing his old, you man. know, throwing back to his old gear. Let's address that real quick, because this is a subject of a lot of conversation online. Uh, there is a lot of discourse related to this entrance. I think a majority of it is very stupid. So let me get that out of the way. Uh, some people seem to think that there's like something wrong with doing alternate entrance music on a big event, which, again, is stupid. That, that is one of the dumbest things I've ever fucking heard ever. And you know, there were some people's takes out there that was basically, well, I didn't know about this and uh, people need to do a better job explaining it to me, which I will again, reiterate is stupid. Um, <laughs> and like, I'll say from my, even my own experience, I didn't start watching wrestling again until 2014. 
I've, I've said that here in this podcast before. I missed CM Punk's entire career, right? Like I didn't start watching wrestling until after CM Punk walked away from the Royal Rumble. So I don't have any familiarity besides what I've seen online or like what I've read or what I know about, you know, going into wrestling history. I don't have any personal connection to the Miseria Kantari entrance or the gear or the ROH stuff. I don't, and not, there's no nostalgia for me or anything like that. All that being said, I thought this was fucking awesome because you can feel that energy because again, I'm not a dumbass. This is an entertaining thing. And like, if you can't like feel or understand all the emotions that, and then the things that this is meant to convey, like you just need to have better media literacy. That is a you fucking problem. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, you know, like, can, can we at least get through the idea that yes, this is a huge match. And by the way, at one point, CM Punk did not use um, cult of personality in WWE either, except like, for like just a seeing, big WrestleMania match that Howard like, Finkel fucking, or maybe it wasn't a WrestleMania, but you know, we we've seen the footage with Howard Finkel making his entrance. Like, you know, that was a big deal. And did yeah, people like, but, freak out then? I mean, I, I knew the context for this. Fuck off. You know? And it's like, you didn't get enough context from, one, just like the energy of like the shot selection and construction of that entrance and how it worked from Excalibur actually explaining it during the walkout um, and MJF's reaction to it. And you can tell MJF knew what was going on. So what more do you really need than that? Like, I don't understand what could have been done that would enhance it versus take away or detract from it it just doesn't make any sense to me to even be on about this, yeah, right? People are dumb is, is what it comes down to. And that is what it comes down to. Uh, so past that, this match was, I mean, it, it's essentially perfect. Like we could go into the minutia of it and get into the, the fine details. We really could. I don't really have to. I don't really have to. All I can say is go watch. You you have to see this match but if I mean, you this, are a wrestling fan. Yeah, I mean, period. I, all I'm going to say is this match has fucking everything you could want from a match. It has blood. It had you know, a, 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 a say I quit on the mic spot. It had actual fucking psychology between MJF's hand getting damaged and uh, Punk's knee. You know, it was getting, a, getting a brilliant it, piece of storytelling it, that it, it, uh, it had uh, put you. It had, you know. Yeah. And just like content aside, the, the totality of all these elements uh, uh, was able to create sort of an emotional ride that really, truly like is wrestling at its best and the only other i mean not the only other but the other match that comes right to my mind when i consider how this match made me feel is my number one aew match and my number one really match uh, cody versus dustin from double or nothing 2019 uh this is my i mean like i guess those these two matches are like one and one a for me uh, I don't, I don't, I don't really want to rank one ahead of the other at this point right now. I'd still probably say Cody Dustin is my top. If you ask me right now today, but this was an incredible match. I watched it again today. It was just as good. I will watch it again later. Probably, uh, um, bravo, just bravo to CM Punk and MJF for, yeah. for putting on, uh, every to, to over deliver on a match with that much hype is pretty remarkable. And so let's get to the finish. When Wardlow comes out, MJF asks for the diamond ring. Warlow's like, uh, wait, I don't know what I did with it. Punk Couldn't hits. Find it. It's like, Punk he looked hits. like, uh, yeah. uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, some people reaching for their wallet when it's time for the check to come. Oh, oh, oh no. I must've left it at home. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Uh, 
Punk does hit a go to sleep. Warlow then suddenly miraculously found the ring, left it. For oh, Punk, there it is. Left that it old for thing. Punk. Punk hits. Oh, MJF spits at Punk. Punk hits uh, MJF, gets the three count. So yeah, and, we, uh, we, huge and, you win. know what? And that was the best way to do the turn of Warlow against MJF too. If if that yeah, is you know, people have been turn, begging, pleading you know? for it, and you know they've they've been keeping it in their back pocket, and you see for good reason. AEW again remains committed to patient storytelling, and it continues to pay off for them and for us, the fans. So, uh, anytime people you know are clamoring for something to happen quickly, I urge you to remember that uh, if you're patient. This is usually how you get rewarded. Indeed. Indeed. And yeah, no, this, you know, I may have to actually agree that this was the match of the night. And I don't know. This is the match of the night and the match of the year, brother. I'm telling you, pick a better one. Tell me a better match for that would happen in 2022 right now. Well, uh, well, stand by and I will tell you. Um, Our next match following that, the AEW Women's Championship, uh, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. DMD. Uh, defending against Thunder Rosa. I thought, first of all, I think this suffered from a really poor placement. I think this is where they should have put that six man tag match. First, yeah, of all. and I well, I, and I understand the urge to want to, you know, put, have a buffer before the main event, but this, I, but I do agree with you. This uh, show needed two cooldowns. This one needed an additional cooldown match. I, I tweet about this, but I think this would have been a really good spot for the acclaimed for to have like a quick match and like a, like a rap promo and like bring the mood up after like such an emotional kind of thing, kind of break things up a little bit, let everybody kind of get their levels again. And I think like it would have been a, a strong, not full on comedy, but maybe some comedy between yeah. these matches kind of would have been a nice little reset. But also, uh, but, but, but also this match was really overbooked. Yes, it was. Um, I well, Okay. I liked it better on the rewatch today than I did when I watched it live. I'll okay. Okay. Fair. It, it was a. It was slightly better for me on the rewatch, but it still did feel like it wasn't everything it, it could have been. I, I. It felt like there was something on the table there. Um, we've seen them have a better match, obviously, so we know oh, that yes. these two are capable of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I. I, yeah, I mean, it was, yeah. This one just. Didn't, they were a victim of a lot of tough circumstances. Yeah. Here, this one it, just it, didn't. It never really got where it needed to be. Yeah. Now we both called that they were going to that. Uh, Britt was going to retain on this one. Now, hang on tonight. As we record that, you know, because, of course, you know, we're, you know, doing this live, <clears throat> um, you know, there will be a uh, a number one contenders match that Thunder Rosa is in on on Dynamite. Against, yeah, uh, um, against Chris Statlander beater Layla Hirsch. Against Layla Hirsch. So and, and with the the match, you know, with the follow up title match happening on next week's dynamite from san antonio texas which ha hi guess who's from there yeah yeah i wonder so i guess maybe they're they're, if they're gonna do because they did really telegraph the fact that Britt was going to retain because thunder rosa got a direct win on Britt last dynamite yeah yeah. you pin you you pin the champ the week before a pay-per-view you're not winning that's the kiss of death we all know it uh definitely saw that one coming but yeah i i'm guessing that yeah they wanted to just hold out for rosa to get the win in her hometown we'll get the title change you got that fancy new belt which by the way the new belt was beautiful that was fantastic it might be my favorite active belt in wrestling now it's really really nice incredible i gotta think about that one but yeah i i i I do like it quite a bit quite a bit yeah it's really good so i mean yeah uh i mean i guess you know that now that this is all revealed it all makes sense and we'll kind of see how the next couple of weeks play out 
All right. Uh, our next match. Now, this was the the one that I may have to reconsider. I, I got to consider this and the dog collar match, which was my match of the night. Uh, John Moxley versus Brian Danielson. I thought this rocked. I thought this really, really, rocked. really good. I mean, yeah, it, it did a lot of the similar things that Punk and MJF sort of did by like bringing you in and taking you on a full journey that like, you know, made sense like from start to finish. Uh, and that you really kind of felt with both of them. They did exactly what they said they were going to do. They fucking bled together, right? Like, that, that's what this was. It was very personal. Now, did Danielson um, ever actually bleed himself? I think so. Did he? I think so. Oh, I think okay. so. There seemed to be enough blood out there. I, you know, there was enough blood. I can tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, there, there was they no went shortage for, of they, they, they did two ring canvas changes on this show. <laughs> Brought to you by DraftKings. <laughs> but, um, you know... It, the the fact that they, again that they, they brought violence and then we had the ending, the the shock reveal of uh, Stephen Regal. <laughs> it's William Regal now. I I would love, although I would love the man's man Stephen Regal to have come out. Just he's a man. He's no, got wait, the no, hard we gotta hat. We got to go back to the Lord panel. Stephen Regal. We got to go back to Lord Stephen. Regal. Oh, are we going full blue bloods now? Fuck yeah, we are. Hey, uh, Jean-Paul Levesque might be a free agent soon. Who knows? <laughs> oh, oh, that's something that's absolutely possible. But, you know, no, it, uh, this was a huge surprise. And I mean, we talked about Regal on this podcast when he got first got free, you know, obviously a no brainer to bring him in in some capacity. But this really was, I mean, probably the best way imaginable to bring him in. Him being the glue Danielson and Moxley together. It's so perfect because like. They're, they had this rivalry that you could see it coming. Like there's a way for them to get together, but there really wasn't quite a path to it Like beyond, okay, well, these guys are going to kick each other's asses, but like, how do they solve that? Like inherent animosity and, uh, you know, being put in line by their mutual mentor yeah, but, but yeah, by both getting slapped by, by Regal just, and that sequence was so good. Danielson was fantastic in it going in for the hug and just getting wrecked. Uh, this is so interesting to me. Uh, Danielson goon is uh, really on its way now. Now it's Regal goon yeah, or something. And you know what? Uh, Minoru Suzuki is going to be back on these shores very shortly. So, uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh, yeah. <laughs> there's, and there, there's some other guys out there that, uh, you know, have been influenced by William Regal. That would make sense here. So I'm excited to see how this plays out. I'm sure we're going. Well, uh, we can spoil this now. Uh, Tony Khan said on Busted Open Radio today that Danielson and Moxley will be debuting as a tag team on Dynamite. So we'll be seeing them in action on this uh, episode of Dynamite. Or we, we just did because, of course, we're doing this raw live immediately after Dynamite. <clears throat> yeah, totally. <clears throat> yeah, totally. Totally. We, we're not pre-recording this during my lunch break or anything. Nope. Nope. It is not lunchtime. No. Uh, our cool-down cool match, uh, Sammy Guevara, Darby Allen, and Steve Stinger versus uh, Andrade El Idolo, Matt Hardy, and Isaiah Cassidy of uh, so, a private party. Really, really not the right phrasing to call this a cool down match because it was fucking white hot. It, it was, I mean, it was supposed to be a cool down match and let's face it. We, we all know the spot. Everybody's going to talk about sting doing his best new Jack impersonation. Steven stinger is a madman. This is a 62 year old man jumping off fucking balconies into table pyramids. Uh, 
What, what else can you say? What else can you say? Sammy Guevara and Isaiah Cassidy also had a pretty insane suplex off the stage. Um, th- this was a, a wild match. Uh, everyone delivered. Andrade just uh, bashed Darby Allen in the back with a chair uh, oh, over on yes, the ramp. There was some just real brutal shit happening on this one. Butcher and Blade came out and got involved. This was a like this match was better than it had any business being. If I'm being honest, like the booking was weird, the team configurations were a little strange, but everybody went out there and crushed. It was yeah, awesome. It, it, it was it was a really good match. Yeah, and, and of course, Jesus Christ, Steve Stinger. What what are you doing, Steve man? Stinger? Uh, and you know, I'm I'm kind of glad that AEW plays a little bit loose with the rules and does a lot of referee discretion stuff. I do think it works. However, uh, when Sammy and Isaiah went off that stage and landed through the tables. Uh, Sammy like ended up resting on top of an Isaiah Cassidy who was on his back, which is counted as a pin in almost every context in wrestling. And Aubrey just kind of sat there and it was, it was like a 20 second situation. Mm. Like it easily could have been counted as a pin in almost any context. I just think be a little, yeah, but this was, yeah, but this wasn't, but this wasn't a false count anywhere match though. This was a a, a, a tornado, but also, you know what? Hang on. Never mind. Then I'll take it back. But you were, do you remember that they said that this was a tornado elimination match and there was only one. I don't remember the elimination part. I never remember that. I swear to God, it said that on last week's dynamite, like on the Chiron. Maybe I think Jeff, I'm just, I think maybe you have Mandela effect, bro. You know, it's entirely Jeff has possible. been Mandela affected. It, it, it's entirely possible. What's the uh, the equivalent of Mandela effect is honky tonk man effect, right? I don't get it. Because everyone honky thinks honky tonk man is dead. Oh, is that right? I didn't know that was a it, thing. Well, it's, a, it's like a it's like a meme. I'm just saying honky tonk man is dead is like a meme. I, I did not rest know that. that was... Yeah, uh, it's too bad he died. Uh, rest in peace, honky tonk man. Gone but not forgotten. <laughs> God. Wayne Ferris, go on chapeau. Um... <laughs> Anyway, uh, our main event of this show uh, for the AEW World Championship, Adam Page versus Adam Cole. Uh, Once again, I must reiterate, Adam Cole, he has the look. He has the charisma. He's good on the stick. He is fundamentally sound. He is an absolutely boring wrestler once you actually start wrestling. Uh, man, I don't know if boring is the right opera is like the operative phrase because I don't even think that's really fair because I think he is quite good. And like this match was was quite good. And it takes two people to have a good wrestling match. I just don't care that much personally. Yeah. And, um, you know, he, he came out with uh, some one. Hey, uh, very important. To oh, mention, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the halo. Yeah. <laughs> That that John one one seven and all the other uh, Spartans are like you know seven feet tall. Um, I, that's apropos of nothing, you know. But just say, <laughs> so <laughs> no, this match was fine. Like and, and uh, not even fine, quite good. And I thought they told a really good story of like false finishes and like getting a little bit close. But but and maybe this is my anti Adam Cole bias. There was never a point in the match for me that I realistically thought Adam Cole was going to win. Like it was always from just jump one. Like how is Adam Cole going to lose? And they never did anything to pull me like the best, like good matches, even for a second, like even if it's for one single, like false pinfall, at least one time they'll get you to go, Oh, maybe not. And there was never a time that did that to me. 
Yeah, you know, it, and to me, again, I just saw that this was overbooked. Like, like, like the Brit match, I thought this was overbooked. It, 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 How so for this one? Well, I mean, for one thing, you know, the 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 Red Dragon bit, which okay, yeah, we saw that coming. I, I I'm honestly a little surprised that we didn't have the Young Bucks coming out to to fend off Red Dragon too. I kind of actually thought that was going to happen. We had the dark, feel like we had the Dark Order doing it. And, Which, you know, they got to appear if they're going to, you know, it's nice that they have his back at least. Yeah. But yeah. I, so your thing is you just want to see less of these run-in things happen during big matches because that's what kind of seems to be the purveying theme for you lately. It, 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 yeah. You know what? It kind of does. That's a fair criticism. I mean, I, I can totally, I mean, you know, it's, no, it, if you, well, it's like feel, yeah. in New Japan, like the, 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 the house, of, like I do not watch any House of Torture match because I know it's going to be, you know interference laden bullshit you know it just right right you know and i'm so. you know i'm not going to despair this match again this I don't, I don't want it to sound like i thought this match was uh bad because it's not it's not bad it was really good and adam page is really good i think adam page is a great champion this felt more like a b feud to me than the a feud they wanted it to be and i think that's maybe what it comes down to for me you know and that's I, not page's fault i just don't care enough about adam cole yeah exactly and again we, we never once thought adam cole was going to actually beat page yeah. and i think i i would like to see hangman page challenge more physically imposing dudes i thought that little feud with lance archer was super fun and i yeah. just want to see but again him, we never uh, thought you know. that archer was gonna win either you know no but they did a better job making that interesting to me because it's like still how because, because like how is he gonna overcome the monster is more interesting than how is he gonna overcome the guy that's three inches smaller than him <laughs> it's just this i'm like it's not like all small guys like can't be. I mean, obviously there's well, tons of them. Just, just Adam wait. Cole is just Adam Cole is in the average size zone, which is like the worst place to be. Like if he was like three inches shorter, if he was like Jonathan Gresham size, he'd be like more interesting. Or MJF, <laughs> like, oh, or MJF for go. that matter. I mean, I mean, remember MJF's a fucking big guy. Is he? First of all, I, I mean he's not super tall. He's probably like six feet tall, but uh, I mean he's, he doesn't he's come across. Really, he doesn't come across yeah, as about being the, tall. I'm. I just measured myself. I've shrank in the last uh, little while. Uh, yeah, yeah we, I don't need to know about this, Paul. <laughs> but I, I you know, MJF and I are roughly the same height at about five eleven. Maybe he might be six feet. Well, but see, I'm. Yeah, like. Well, anyway, I, I, I've talked. I, I, I've talked about this before. How I, I was eye to eye with Okada, and he's billed as six three, and I'm. 510 511 wow. so yeah yeah <laughs> anyway adam page i've stood next to mjf and i can tell you that like you know we're about the same height roughly adam page does retain to, to to live another day cowboy shit continues yeah and and should continue and should continue for quite some time i think we're seeing the makings of a signature aew title run i expect him to keep the belt most of this year uh, I'm going to give it until either full gear itself or since not, no title run has gone. So no, since no world title run has gone a full calendar year. Yeah. I'm going to give it to all out. All out. Interesting. That's, that's sooner than I'm going to give it. Yeah. I, I wouldn't think any sooner than full gear, but we'll see. Yeah, we will. And with that, let's travel in time now to go to tonight's. AEW Dynamite. <laughs> and we go live to the Hertz Arena in Fort Myers, Florida, for this week's edition of AEW Dynamite. Your host, Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, and Excalibur. And we start right off with Chris Jericho coming out, uh, saying that he uh, 
he he had some feelings on on Sunday, and he wants to apologize to Eddie Kingston. It, that, so yeah, this uh, not the direction I expected Chris to go uh, out of the gate. Hearing a, a reverse course on his action direction, you know, I was wrong. I made a mistake. I want you to come out here, Eddie Kingston, and I'll I'll fix it and I'll shake your hand. So uh, not what I expected there uh, was it? Yeah. Yeah, so Eddie Kingston comes out and uh, cuts a absolute fire promo, like and just an absolute. More scorch. of what we ex- like, more of the best of Eddie Kingston and what got Eddie Kingston to the point that he is now. Uh, he, he just finds capture real emotions, and he talked about it too. He discussed, uh, you know, his reasoning for even showing up in the building <laughs> on Sunday, being the people he spoke to. At the fan fest, you know, shared some very pers there, and you know, Eddie's just incredible at tapping into that. Yeah, it, it, that was just an, an amazing fire promo that, um, you know, and, and, and also I have to say that T-shirt he was wearing too. My God, <laughs> you're gonna bring. I was waiting for. I didn't want to bring it up because I knew you were going to. Uh, I, I saw that shirt. I was like, my God, I need that fucking shirt. <laughs> I absolutely do. Thankfully, Dave. So, Ryan, so all this. Say it. No, I was waiting for you. Go ahead. I was saying, so yeah, shout out to Dave Ryan, who actually found a link to order said shirt. So, uh, hey, uh, nice. Got, Great got, work, Dave. Got to dig it. Uh, yeah. So, so this is our obligatory days of thunder mention on this podcast. Uh, weekly days of thunder mention. God damn it. We miss you guys on, on this network. I, I miss being part of the same stable, you know. It's just, uh, we, we, uh, which is going to be a recurring thing. Yeah, I, I miss being uh, them podcasting on a network that doesn't have me blocked on Twitter. But yeah, oh well. well. Uh, so uh, <laughs> Eddie and uh, Jericho then actually shake hands, and uh, it's interrupted by 2.0 and Daniel Garcia, uh, which I some good continuity. Yeah, there. the lads. Some some good continuity there. Yeah. And it looked like uh, we're going to have it out. Maybe some sort of new little uh, configuration uh, with Kingston and Jericho. Santana and Ortiz uh, come out to help out. And there's a turn. Chris Jericho and Jake Jake Hager both betray the inner circle. It's over. Yes. So Guevara doesn't even bother coming out. He's got shit to do tonight. He's whatever. All right. See you later, guys. Don't care. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sammy just was like, eh, whatever. Uh, Jake Hager nearly kills Eddie Kingston because he can't yoke him up properly to do an, an apron powerbomb. <laughs> Jake Hager really bad wrestling. I know we discussed this before, and I, I don't need to harp on it too much, but he is bad, and he's... Yeah, he, he he is not a good wrestler. But now we That's have, all I got. He's bad. Yeah, and now we have the Jericho Appreciation Society. Which, you know, I think maybe we probably could have worked a few more names before we pulled the trigger on that one. But well, actually, somebody, sure. somebody tweeted out it, it, the, the uh, three of those letters are in Judas. Yeah, but it's, that's only three of them. Yeah, I, I know. I'm just saying. You can't have... Out uh, without D and U. Yeah, well, do you? I don't know. I, I couldn't make up something with that. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a. I think it is like Chris 
are are like really good together. Uh, Daniel be a better enforcer than Kager could ever be, I think. That you know, uh, Daniel will get more of that role than Jake will. I think Jake's still just there because they have nothing else to do with him while he isn't uh, beating up uh, losers in Bellator. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, I think we've we've had that conversation before too about. Uh... So you have that. Uh, the you know most important things it does bring uh, Eddie Kingston and Santana and Ortiz closer, which is also potential for some this uh, the Jericho Appreciation Society against you know this out this LAX group and maybe you get you know the uh, rest of the crew together for a stadium stampede match. Maybe, or you know, we try, there's a lot you can do here, or we try something different. <laughs> maybe, maybe we try something. I have different. a stadium stampede once a year. Being an annual thing is totally fine with me. I think that's a fun once a year match. Yeah, I mean, they've done know. a good, good job, made like distinctly different from each other, and having it. That's true. Continue on that path. Why not? Yeah, that that is true. But also, it's good to have Jericho as the heel again because Babyface Jericho was. We love really evil Jericho. Fucking boring. Yeah, and I'm and I'm wondering how often we're going to see Jericho. I know there is a Fozzie tour coming up, so he <laughs> like how saying. he kind of navigates. Yeah. I think. Well, I think the idea of the Appreciation Society is like, yeah, we're going to hold it down for Jericho, our, our guy. So like, even when he's not, you know, on camp, you're going to see, uh, uh, you know, Matt Lee and Jeff Parker kind of act as his mouthpieces. Yeah, or something like that. So, uh, we then go to a videotape uh, CM Punk promo that was uh, fantastic, I thought. Oh, yeah. Great little vignette. Absolutely. Just kind of a way to show you CM Punk, you know, he but he's hurting. He basically said, I'm going to take a few weeks to clean the blood out of my ears. Uh, here, I'm, I'm, he's yeah. going to take some well-needed rest before his next program. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He he's gonna need to because yeah. So I'm sure that that was just took a lot out of out of both guys. Honestly, I mean Max wasn't here tonight either. And uh... well, he he still kind of swath through this show, and as we'll see. But uh, uh, when we come back, we 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 go directly into our first match of the evening. Uh, Adam Page defending the AEW World Championship against Dante Martin of all people. Um, yeah, they announced they announced a bunch of matches um, from the time that we recorded our revolution <laughs> recap time for Dynamite. So uh, th- we uh, uh, like there was a lot we didn't know going into it. So we knew Mox and Danielson would be wrestling, but we didn't know against who they announced that right after this was was announced. They announced one match during the show. Like this was. Uh, Felt like it came together quickly. Uh, turned out to be a really, really good episode of Dynamite all overall. Yeah, it, it really did. Uh, th- this was, you know what? This was a fun spot fest. It wasn't a classic, but it was a no, fun, no. It was a but, fun TV, you know, title match. You know, of that top level to Dante Martin. Obviously, he's not there to be beating Adam Page or even getting Adam Page, but press Adam Page and Adam. Page, Putting him over post, you know, a lot of tonight's uh, developments and activities aren't happening during wrestling matches. Best for the main, yeah. A lot of it was, you know, to get to the next up. And I, I you know, it's like pay per TV Fallout episode. 
was really like a season premiere of sorts for AEW, and I thought they knocked it out of the park in that regard. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're we're, we're into the next cycle, you know, what with the you know double or nothing coming up now too. So we're we're when we're into the next cycle, you know, the next feuds. Oh wait, except we're not because Adam Cole comes out and uh, he wants to continue this shit. So uh, he challenges Paige to a six man for next week with mystery partners. So, you know, is like other people have all have all South say it. I'm pretty sure those mystery partners are Alex Reynolds and John Silver. Uh, well, you think that, but that's what I'm going. Uh, hang, 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 hang on to that thought for a minute. So, yeah. uh, we think that's our, what I'm going with. Uh, we then get our first commercial break of the evening. We come back and we get our second match of the evening. Uh, Brian Danielson and John Moxley with William Regal versus. The Workhorseman, Anthony Henry, J.D. Drake. Uh, you know, Drake has been on AEW programming, of course, uh, as part of the Wingmen. Uh, I don't think has Anthony yeah. Henry been on. I don't know if he's done anything with AEW prior to this because he'd had to have been up, or his uh, the availability is pretty recent, right? He's only been gone from uh, NXT few months. I didn't even realize he was in NXT. <laughs> <laughs> he was in NXT for yeah, I think maybe half a year. Really? That, if that, that did that happen? Very, yeah. Did that happen after he fought Minoru Suzuki in in North Carolina? Because uh, maybe he fought after he got released. I don't know. Pretty quick, pretty quick turnaround. He wasn't there long. He so so he's like Alex Zane in that respect. Then <laughs> I think he was there even shorter than Alex Zane and Blake Christian were. My goodness. Uh, uh, I, I, you know, I don't want to talk about that company today. I want to talk about this <laughs> match where uh, the workhorseman got uh, worked the fuck over. They certainly did. It was the it was our introduction to Mox and Danielson as a tag team. It was fun. I think it's good that they didn't like. They weren't a total cohesive tag team unit yet. They were mostly doing their own thing. Uh, you saw a couple of glimpses of it when they uh, transitions and uh, Brian was doing the surfboard and, uh, and tagged uh, Moxley in. There was a couple. That for the most part, these are like still trying to figure out how it works as a tag team. And I think it's cool that we're going to kind of see that develop in the ring. Yeah. Um of course, uh, Danielson does get the win uh, with tapping out uh, J.D. Drake. Uh, afterwards, we have a nice little poignant catch-up between uh, William Regal and Tony Schiavone. Uh, William Regal choking back the tears. Oh, and then so was uh, Brian Danielson at one point choking back the tears on These this. four dudes cried on this episode of Dynamite. And, and uh, you know what? But I think yeah, it's great. And, and he... he uh, Regal ended with a great, great ending line. Step up or get stepped on. I'm like, damn, this is like team step up now. This <laughs> is what they're going to be known yeah, as. This, this was stuff. like just, hey, let's give this guy a mic. Let's let him air some stuff out that he did. Like, despite the character that he's trying to portray and despite everything that he's trying to do, let's just be William Regal for a second because we'll get back on track. They showed him a lot. In this promo, he did go long. He definitely went long, and we'll talk about That's okay. The crowd was eating it up. Everybody was having a really great time hearing from him. The great stuff, man. I'm, I'm super happy to have William Regal W. I think he's make a lot of people better, not just uh, Danielson and Moxley. 
Yeah, it, it's going to be some interesting times here. Uh, we go backstage, and uh, and uh, Alex is with uh, Alex Marvez is with the Dark Order, and uh, Adam Page comes by, and he kind of apologizes for kind of losing his cool during the title match, and uh, you know they they of course assume that Adam Page is going to pick one of them for the six man tag, but then he claimed he says that uh, Jurassic Express kind of cornered him and. Uh, Asked, you know, if they could get in because they still want to, you know, get back at Red Dragon and, and, and shit. So, you know, I was like, oh, kind of awkward. Uh, uh, you called it, they said they wanted to get back at the Young Bucks specifically. Oh, they said so, Young Bucks. You're right. My bad. So keep your so keep your eye on this. So so here's all that. He said, yeah, I'm going to have Jurassic Express once again, sliding Silver and Reynolds. There's about this. Uh, Adam Cole mentioned this is a young team that. You know, they're cool guys. They know how to throw a park and that they're my friends and not yours. That's a BTE reference because elite, they have like a whole, I don't watch it very often, but I know enough about it. Like they, um, we'll get, you know, the other side of this promo later, but all that to say, I still think it's silver and Reynolds to be on at. Oh, okay. So you think, that, you think the Beaver boys are going to join up with Adam Cole instead? Okay. Yeah, no, I, that's what I was saying. I was saying he's gonna Silver and Reynolds are Bulls tag team partner. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I must have misheard you then. So uh, you did, but uh, we'll we shall see. Indeed, uh, our third match of the evening, the uh, the the kind of last second announcement one. Uh, Pack, Mister Bastard, going up against uh, Wheeler Yuta, and uh, the first thing we see, uh, Orange Cassidy has a broken ass arm. Yeah, it looks like that ladder match uh, was a little rough on him. A little rough on everybody there. That was a hard aspect. Yes, yes, it was. I know we didn't get into um, too much details with it, but yes. The, the best friend's injury curse continues. Hopefully, than later. That sucks. It, 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 is, the, is the best friend's injury curse worse than the El Triangle de la Muerte uh, injury curse at this point, or about the same? There are more. I think just from the percentage wise, but it's just from sheer numbers. Yeah, because like Danhausen's been in, Jan, Danhausen came in injured. Stats been injured. Cassidy's been injured. Both been Yuta's uh, uh, the only one so far. So let's knock on some wood there. Yeah, oh, jeez. Uh, speaking of Danhausen, I just Rocky that- Romero got co. Yeah. Um, oh, that's true. Yeah, you know, I I just noticed that. Yeah, Danhausen and uh, just imagining Danhausen and. Pentagon having an interaction with each other. <laughs> oh man, I love that. Really into that. Uh, Pack does get Shivani's calling him Dan as though it's two names. Danhausen, yeah, <laughs> not Danhausen. Excuse me, Mister Housen. Uh, we're, we're ready for you now. Uh, or Danhausen. Yeah, uh, yeah. He, either that, or you just put the you just put the emphasis on the wrong syllable. You know, Dan Housen. <laughs> yeah, or something. Yeah, like on the syllable. Uh, Pack does get the win, and uh, yeah, that was a, a fun little pseudo squash, I guess. Fun little fun dudes being around the, the apron and having you know, it was busy. I I didn't I tried to. Attention to match. There's a lot of people on the outside sometimes. Yeah, there were a lot of people. <laughs> there was a lot. There's a lot of people. There was a lot of people. Uh, we then go backstage, and uh, Adam Cole is where he usually is, somehow in between the Young Bucks and Red Dragon. Uh, 
And Adam Cole basically says, uh, the Young Bucks say, yeah, look, we're not going to go into a match against uh, Adam Cole, we, uh, Adam Page. See, now you got me fucked up now. You, know, you got me doing this. Too many goddamn um, Just Adams. say Adam. Okay. Um, the Bucks said they're, they're not going to go up against Adam Page. And Adam Cole is like, yeah, well, I wasn't going to pick you anyway. I was going to pick Red Dragon. So, meh. Actually, uh, Hangman Page's next feud is going to be. Wait, so Damn, no love for no love for Adam Bomb. Wow. Damn. <laughs> Are you Adam Bomb like like Adam Bomb with no cell moves? Yeah. So I, I a ah. so a message just flashed up on my screen saying my network bandwidth is low. Which yeah, you can kind of hear that in the recording. Uh, maybe, maybe your we, network bandwidth got Adam Bomb. It did. Maybe we. Kill, kill a video. We're gonna we gotta kill a video. I think we've seen enough of each other for one day, so we're just gonna kill oh. a video here. See if this helps matters. Uh, anyway, uh, we then go uh, when we come back from commercial. We go backstage and uh, we have FTR saying he wants to go get back at the Bucks and uh, Red Dragon and Tully Tully Blanchard basically tells him, yeah, you, you you're out of line here because. We're supposed to be uh, going after the titles here, and uh, FTR fires Tully Blanchard. Yeah, well, he uh, had. To, well, I mean, family, and he had to worry about taking care of his family, and before they had to, uh, uh, you know, deal with Tessa coming in, <laughs> they were like, "Get the fuck out of here!" Oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah. The second that, yeah, the second Tully said, "Yeah, I've got a family too," I'm like, "Oh boy, <laughs> yeah." Oh no, 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 you don't. Bye, bye. No, don't. Nope, <laughs> nope. Get out of um, here. This there was like a major plot development on basically every segment on this, uh, and all of it was for the for every single uh, person or team affected all across the board. Uh, thing for FTR just for them to, to, to something different. Tully Blanchard's obviously great and has had a really good run here, but I think it had of course, and I'm ready and I'm very excited to see next of FTR and AEW. Uh, Dax announced that they're going to take some independent bookings. Uh, I got to think that the Briscoes and something related to that's got to be on the calendar. Oh, yeah, it has to. I mean, they've, they've already been talking shit to one another. So, yeah, you, you know it has to be happening. It's got to happen. So, but we'll see. Um, Yeah. And then uh, we go into the ring for the uh, Andrade Hardy family office uh, emergency meeting going on. Board meeting. Board meeting in which uh, Matt Hardy says that, you know, every time I put on a suit, I'm an asshole. It's like, yeah, well. (laughs) Everybody, Pat. That's all of us, buddy. Yeah, that's everybody. Um, And he didn't even say it. He's like, like, you know about that. And he looks, he absolutely knows about that guy. Crowd. <laughs> uh, they, they they take a little vote. They say thumbs thumbs down. Uh, private parts their thumbs up. But as Matt Hardy turns his back to uh, display the thumb, turn in the other direction. Oh yes, they do. So uh, Matt gets uh, beat the fuck down by Private Party, Andrade, and. Uh, Butcher and Blade, uh, we get a save for some reason from Darby Allen and Steve Stinger. And holy because shit. they went on with all the other guys. What do you mean for some reason? Like they they don't like the guys. Well, but you know they the don't whole, like Jeff Hardy. Whole thing they, going don't, on. they don't like Matt Hardy either, or Jeff Hardy. Maybe not Jeff Hardy either. Who does actually show up? So hey, Jeff everyone Hardy. loves Jeff Hardy. 
You know, um, I'm going to say that that may not be as true as you think because I'm actually very surprised Steve Stinger wants to do business with uh, Jeff Hardy ever again. Sting is a good guy with a good heart that knows the people can uh, not at all. Like a a real man completely believes heavily in forgiveness. Well, well, we'll, we'll see, I guess. But hey, uh, Jeff. Hardy- and by all accounts, Jeff's pretty good, man. So like, it sounds like WWE fucked him uh, on his deal, and Jeff's doing all right. He looked great. He was in really good, real crisp. Yeah, but I mean, he only did like a couple of things too. So, but those couple of things looked great. Why oh. are you trying to pull a coin? Jeff Hardy. Everyone loves Jeff Hardy. I'm just saying, I'm surprised Sting wants to work. Now he's in AEW. I'm just surprised. You're over here. Some normal day. Sting sucks. Oh, shut up. (laughs) Just shut up. Listen to you. Listen to your curmudgeonness. Hardy. And they had the music. The music. Like, not owned by WWE in some form or fashion. You know. Yeah, I, I I come to find out that that seems to be like some sort of public domain song because uh, once again, Dave Ryan pointed out that that music was actually being used on a, 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 in a segment on an early episode of Thunder. They reality TV a lot, like current, like modern day reality television. You'll hear it on a bunch of different realities. Oh no shit! Oh, see, I had no idea. So okay, well, yeah, I had a I bunch of. T- but hey, great for um, us. Ends to hear music uh, as part of all this. It was really nice. I got a huge pop. Yeah. So hey, Jeff Hardy is all elite. Apparently, uh, we then go I'm back. Hoping get to the broken stuff quickly, and that's all I'll say. We then go backstage, and uh, Shane Strickland, who we completely forgot to talk about uh, in the earlier segment of, of this program. Oh uh, yeah, we didn't even we didn't even talk about hey they signed they signed. Yeah, Shane Strickland. Good. I like Shane Strickland. He was. Cool. I think he's great. Yeah, he was cool. I like him. Yeah, I, I, he, he was on Lucha Underground even. So you know, hey. Well, I was just about to say on first contact this past week on he finished off the stream by watching an old kill shot Lucha Underground match because someone um, was asking if there is any man. Wait, I'm sorry. You kind of cut out there again. Say it again. Uh, somebody asked me if it's between Swerve and now my the other person. But it was the ground match, and we ended up watching it. And now I can't remember who his opponent was in the match that we watched this past <laughs> Monday. My brain's so fucking bad. Oh, God. So bad, Jeff. Uh, so Tony Nese comes out, and nobody cares about Tony Nese. I don't think. You know what? Uh, Tony Nice has established himself pretty quickly as like an AEW gatekeeper of sorts. And I think that's a good lane for him. I think him being sort of like a welcome you to AEW with a good match that Tony Nice will probably lose is like a, a nice spot for him to be in. Actually, it's, it's just a nice little, you know, a nice little, uh, you know, ho- ho- what's the, the phrase? Housewarming uh, gift. Housewarming uh, gift. That's what I was looking for. Housewarming. There. And, yeah, there uh, let me. I just look, fell apart off of that. Someone had asked. They, uh, it was Swerve and um, Santo Escobar. Santo Escobar. He Ejo uh, de Fantasma. Oh, Ejo uh, de Fantasma. Player. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. 
around. So we watched the well, we watched a kill shot King Cuerno match, and it was fucking rad. There you go. Uh, we come back from commercial, and uh, we get Wardlow saying more in tonight than he has in the almost three years he's been in AEW to date. Um, basically, he just uh, he, he just uh, says he's had it with he, with everybody's bullshit, and uh, he's out of the pinnacle. He's he's done with MJF despite being under contract to him, and uh, Karma will be my revenge. I can see why he hasn't spoken uh, this much in three years because I immediately fell in love with him as a babyface. So if I would have let him talk at all, uh, he's too like he's got like a very nice guy's voice. Like he sounds like a nice guy. He speaks, uh, and he immediately just established a really like organic connection with the audience. Like people were like on Wardlow's side right away. He talked about his upbringing, you know, the mistake of following MJF. But you know, uh, uh, come get what's what what he's earned. And the, I I'm like way in on Wardlow as a face. Uh, like had a pretty high ceiling now what he can do as a even like more traditional baby face which i didn't see from him uh i'm gonna fucking light the world on fire here man yeah i mean well i mean we i mean the the aew fandom has been waiting for the the, the wardlow face turn and well here we are so let, let, let's and it's i mean so far even already be patience because i just didn't know wardlow had this specific in him uh, really taking places. Uh, we then go backstage, and uh, Keith Lee is there with QT Marshall, and uh, Keith Lee has no fucking idea why QT Marshall is there. <laughs> and to be honest, neither do I. Yeah, he's like, even he's like, why? What are you doing here? And QT, oh, we we want to like friend. Keith Lee says he had hard made people watching it, and was like, bye. So I guess uh, expect. Uh, the factory to uh, come after Keith Lee in the near future. It's me, um, Keith Lee throwing Nick Camarado around, which didn't he already do that once? I don't know. I don't know. If didn't he did. we already Keith Lee throw Nick Camarado around on Rampage a couple weeks ago? Oh, that uh, was his. Yeah, that was his singles debut, wasn't it? Or no, that was Wardlow wrestled Nick Camarado a few weeks ago. Oh, yeah. That's what you know was. what? You're right. Yeah. So, okay. Good. Give me Keith Lee and Nick Camarado. Give me big, give me big meaty men slapping meat all day. Let's do it. Our fourth match of the evening uh, for the AEW World Tag Team Championships: uh, Jurassic Express versus the Acclaimed. Uh, this rap was not great. <laughs> yeah. Listen. Okay. Stop. It. He had a couple of things. It, it, Max Caster does what literally nobody else in professional wrestling is. Is writing 16 bars of new material, sometimes up to times per week. Uh, if he's got dynamite, dark, and elevate, which sometimes the acclaim does, the acclaims on dark and elevation, not the acclaims on rampage. Uh, so Max Cat, like his career output is really high. They're not all going to be the best thing you ever heard, but he had the crowd going, and the gas prices line definitely popped. That was like the only one that, that popped. <laughs> that That's all one. you need is one. I'd that like was- to see, like. You can't even do a fucking good podcast once a week. How, I'd like to see you write 16 bars. Oh, oh, okay. Wow. All right. Wow. Now, now the truth comes out here. <laughs> what? Damn. This podcast is bad. I've known that since I started doing it. Damn. I, wow. Course. Okay. Wow. So, <laughs> what's, what's it going to 
I'm good. Good night, folks. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, you know what? This match was all right. I think. Yeah, it was fine. Um, I, I mean, I like the acclaimed style of tag team wrestling. Um, I think they're television wrestlers. Uh, Luchasaurus gave us his all on Monday and just was not fully recovered from it. His speed uh, dissipated once more, it felt like. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Uh, they, they, of course, Jurassic Express do retain because, yeah, I don't think the acclaimed were ever going to win this time around. No, but I will... Hey, I think they would have made very fun transitional champions for like, let's say, let's just sit shot Mox and Danielson, uh, a man just like beat out of the acclaim for the tag team. Title. Yeah. Claim smug and like really shitty about it. And then just getting their comeuppance because I don't know, like Austin Danielson beating Jurassic Express doesn't, I don't know how much that does it for me. Hmm. Well, maybe it won't like, be them that they beat. Mox and Danielson. I, I, I don't think it should be. Like I think Mox and Danielson need to have a more interest before you put the. Hmm. Yeah. You know. I guess we're gonna find out, aren't we? <laughs> uh, yes, like like, uh, like that earlier match. They're still established history and stuff. So. I don't think hot shutting them to the tag title is the right thing to do anyway. I think we give them a few months to run and figure this thing out. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, it's got, it's going to be a bit of a, uh, it's going to be a bit of a, a, a road for them. So, uh, we then go backstage with, uh, Jade Cargill and Mark Sterling and, uh, yeah, they're, they're waiting for, uh, number 30. Yeah, they said. Um, they, did they? They didn't announce who's next, right? He just no, said, I don't oh. think they did. Jay just said. Jay just said she's gonna keep kissing bitches, and uh, you know what? Good for her. Kiss everybody. There you go. More kissing but in wrestling. Not, well, AEW has listened to that, Jeff. Uh, people were kissing on, uh, and they kiss on a bunch of shows. People be kissing in AEW. People be kissing. Scorpio uh, Sky kissed me in the main event. Our fifth match of the evening in uh, AEW Women's World Championship Eliminator match. Uh, legit Layla Hirsch versus Thunder Rosa. Um, what did you think of this? I think a lot of what I thought about Britt and Thunder Rosa uh, working with some sort of injury or something. Maybe like half a step off in the last few matches. Um don't know about if her and Layla just maybe don't make as great of a pair, but there were definitely some timing issues here, and it definitely looked like there were some strength issues. There was some stuff like uh, trying to get up for some moves that they think they've been getting to, and then about halfway in, like a lot of like bailed spots and stuff like that. Not maybe not even a lot, but definitely a few noticeable ones. I'm wondering what the deal is with hoping that you know whatever it is is. Uh, uh, it's back on track for quick. Look, she's going to win the title next week in a steel cage. Oh yes! Oh god! Yeah, you, you steel cage man. Fuck yes! We we we, so we I'm are really here. excited for this. We are here for a steel cage match. I think Lens and Rosa are really good at together. 
more than that match at the pay-per-view did. We saw what they did at the Lights Out match with the added, you know, tools at their disposal of the weapons and, you know, outside of the ring and things like that. They're going to be able to, you know, use that cage and, you know, deliver fight of a, of a wrestling uh, match. I think it's going to stand Sunday did. So I'm really excited about this one. I hope Rosa's all okay health-wise everything because this one's probably going to hurt too. Now, uh, one thing I did forget to mention is that now that Wardlow is also leaving the uh, the, the, the pinnacle as, uh, you know, FTR fired Tully Blanchard. So that is three, count them, three stables that have fallen apart in this episode. Yeah, so, they did a so my my Dragon Gate comparison still holds. <laughs> <laughs> Although it's not like they didn't, they reformed stuff too because you know you had the ashes of the inner comes the Jericho Appreciation Society, the ashes of the AHFO. You have uh, whatever Andrade has got going on now. It looks like Andrade has control of you know the, those guys plus the reformed Hardy Boys. Uh, come oh, out of that. Oh, no, 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 no. Right? It, it still holds because, you know, a, 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 as Masquerade and R.E.D. fell apart on in one show in Dragon Gate, we had, you know, Dragon Daya and, and Yushi, Yuki Yoshioka coming together as a, as a team, too. And so, I mean, yeah, the comparison this a, holds. Uh, this is a really good way to keep things, to have this thing ready to go. You know, it shows you that, you that you know, eight care of these stories to say that well you know we have the next uh, planned out which is not something you can say for their major counterparts uh no not always not always but uh anyway yes cage match this is gonna rock thunder rosa versus dr Britt baker dmd as uh we go oh, did you see what the fuck happened New York, uh, with with their speaking of not planning stuff out did i see what now Okay, um, so I may have known uh, uh, Breaker is the NXT champion, uh, son of Rick Steiner. Yes, uh, yeah, or, I, I remember he was known as Rex I mean, Steiner. Me, well, hold on, wait, wait, wait. I know that the, he was known no, as he's, Rex Steiner, then they changed his name to this. It was like, how, how do you not capitalize on Rex actually, Steiner? Actually, so you know? not, not necessarily true. They never actually went with Rex Steiner. It was just like they were talking about it, but he was never actually billed as Rex Steiner at any point. Oh, I thought he was. Um, he was just Bronson Reichsteiner. They were like some reports that he was going to be Rex Steiner, but then he came out as Bron Breaker, and everyone was like, "Oh, he's Bron Breaker." Okay, whatever. We're here nor there. Like I said, Bron Breaker. It, nope. I'm sorry. I take that back. Bron Breaker was the NXT champion. Uh, he had a two month reign and dropped the belt to one uh, Hollywood hunk, Ron uh, Ziggler. Oh. <laughs> So Dolph Ziggler's here. Dolph Ziggler's the NXT champion. It's obviously they they put him on Raw, so like they were having him, you know, drop out, go up to to Monday Night Raw. So I understand it. And he didn't get pinned. It was the threat in which the other man got pinned by whatever. I'm trying to imagine a scenario in which like Hook won the TA championship and lost it two months later to let's say Frank Zare. To- what that would look like in AEW. Uh, and it's very funny to me. Oh, boy. You know. It's just very funny. It's up to but, you. You know, if, York, uh, if, if, look, look, look. If, 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 if New York wants to fumble that, they fuck it up with Bron Breaker. 
great. Let's let his contract expire, and he can make the jump over too. Because I'm hearing AEW is looking for some second generation Georgians. Uh, wait to fill. <laughs> Did you hear the story that uh, allegedly? Um, so Cody had not actually signed a deal with with New York. And I guess once Cody made the big deal of actually leaving uh, AEW, allegedly Vince tore up the deal that he offered him and gave him like a substantially lower deal. So there's been some talk about maybe Cody just like holding off and uh, choosing when to sign and that like he might actually have more negotiating power than necessary. So the whole thing's really murky over there. And the thing about, anything involving a roads it's going to be really tough to believe anything you hear in any media reports cody uh you know he's been around professional wrestling all his life the man knows how to put up smoke and mirrors to to throw people off of what he's actually going to do you know uh cody is consistently underestimated by people and i think he enjoys it i think cody likes being underestimated i guess we're going to find out soon enough this all leads to our and, main... and, and I think the New York, New York thing is inevitable. Yeah, yeah perhaps. Uh, we then go to our main event of the evening. Sammy Guevara versus Scorpio Sky for the TNT Championship. Um, so the, the, they have this uh, big deal with uh, Sammy doing a 630 senton into a table, smack into a table, fucking himself up. Uh, that table fuck. Oh, yeah. Oh, that, no, that, that is that, that, one of... That table went kaboom. <laughs> like broken tables that's ever been broken. That table looks like a fucking GW. Like, good lord. Uh, this actually brought out the first time we <laughs> see Ty Conti and Sammy Guevara on screen together. As an on screen couple, yeah. Really nice. Uh, I think that, and it really worked. Ty's passion and, you know, Ty's attitude be great for this match and the story that they were told a really good story this was a very good match um of course you know Paige van zant was conveniently in the front row uh yeah gee i wonder if they're gonna have any interaction oh yeah of course hanging out next to her husband austin van who get washed by giga Sasia Bellator last weekend. Oh, did he really? Got he he was in the yeah he alterweight title shot against Musasi. Like and Gegar is one of the best fighters in the world. Just got blown away in like two minutes. Damn. Uh, he was undefeated up at that point, but there's levels, man. Austin sitting there in the front row, like, can you give me a contract next? Because I don't want anyone to ever hit me like that again. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> So Paige and, and, and Ty Conti do, of course, get 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 into some uh, fisticuffs. Um, the injuries were too much for Sammy. Scorpio Sky hits a TKO. Scorpio Sky is the ninth TNT champion. Uh, as Paige Van Zandt, as Paige Van Zandt signs her AEW contract on the prone body of uh, of of Ty Conti. You say prone body, Jeff. She signed it on that ass. <laughs> yes. She signed it yes, directly on time. That was on. I'm telling you this because it was on purpose. It's I'm going to sign it directly on this girl's giant ass. <laughs> she did this on purpose. You know what? Good for her. Um. So with that in mind, uh, it doesn't look good for Wardlow now, does it? 
on uh on on Wednesday. Well, not so let's 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 get through a couple things here. First of all, about time Scorpio has some gold. Listeners of this podcast will know that I've been uh singing Scorpio's praises for a very long time and I think Scorpio should have already AEW champion on the the night before that. Jericho, I've said that here before. I am happy to see Scorp with a belt. I think it's great. As far as I think it was probably it's probably going to cost Wardlow this belt in some form or fashion. The other side of it was, yeah, I, I think so too. What I or or Wardlow could just come in and murder Scorp too, and it'll team bad. Who knows? But yeah, I, I'm guessing it's going to be some sort of F uh, related stuff that's going to derail Wardlow's chances. Yeah, I, I, I would think so too. Oh, so. good for Scorpio Sky. He is going to be a really, really good TNT champion for however long they let him have. Indeed. And with that, we end uh, this bumper edition of Boom Goes the Dynamite. So, uh, we, Paul and I have been talking to each other way too long today. So, uh, Paul, go ahead and plug yourself. On Twitter at twitch.tv slash thick flare. Of course, you follow this podcast. BPD podcast, Wrestling Brain, every Monday or 12 Eastern time, whichever one I decide. You got to follow and have your notifications on to find out. That's twitch.tv Wrestling Brain. You can follow Wrestling Brain at Wrestling underscore. And I'm just going to repeat it because, of course, you know, the, these internet issues have been fucking us up all night. Uh, at Cool Step Uncle for Mr. Paul here, uh, at BGTD Podcast for this show, uh, twitch.tv slash wrestling brain for his uh, Monday morning or Monday afternoon uh, stream show on the Twitches. I am at Strong Style Story without the Ian Style on Twitter, my personal Twitter at GD Wessel. Um, nothing to plug this week. So. Yeah, you, you, you get a plug-free week for me. So, Paul, any last words? Uh, uh, no. Okay. We'll see you next week.